If it's in your nature to be the first one out there, then don't miss Cabela's Black Friday doorbuster sale. For five hours only, shop for amazing doorbusters, like $80 off a Nikon Pro Staff 3-9x40 BDC scope, 50% off a Quantum Energy PT casting reel, and $110 off Danner Pronghorn 400-gram hunting boots. Plus, the first 600 in line will receive a free giveaway from over $8,000 in prizes. See store for details. Can't wait? Shop Thanksgiving Day at cabelas.com. And it is an amazing topic. the Nurtured Heart Approach November podcast. The topic for our podcast today is NHA with Transition Age Youth. This month's podcast marks the beginning of our fourth year of recordings, and we are delighted to have you join us on this foggy or snowy fall day. I am Stephanie Rule, a certified NHA advanced trainer, teaching and coaching NHA to parents, teachers, and mental health professionals in the local community of the Roseville, Sacramento area. And I work for the Children's Success Foundation as the STAR Program Coordinator. I am also a wife and a parent of two children, ages four and seven, and we live in a Nurtured Heart household. I am honored to be your co-host with Howard Glasser. Howie is the creator of the Nurtured Heart Approach and the chairman of the Children's Success Foundation. Good morning, Howie. How are you? Hi, Stephanie. I'm great. How are you? I am doing well. I'm very excited to launch into this rich discussion today. As am I, yes. yes. Great topic. Yes, it is. Um, so before before we go into this discussion, I um, have heard a spirited buzz in the air after last week's private CTI, or the Certification Training Intensive, in New Jersey. And I would love to hear maybe one highlight or two highlights from the week, if you would care to share. Absolutely. Um, As you know, but our listeners may not, um, the state of New Jersey received a significant grant to bring Nurtured Heart Approach into the middle of um, their coordinated system of care. They they already have been um, well ahead of the curve enough that they are um, the uh, models for many other uh, states and um, many, many, many countries and cities and states watch what they're doing. Um, and the leaders of that initiative were all at this training, as were many remarkable people. So it was such a blessing to be in their company. We heard stories just as of the six months that this has been um, um uh, off the ground uh, of of kids benefiting all over the place and and I think one of the leaders said that uh, with all the other trainings and initiatives they've done in the past, nurture heart for them is the uh, I heard two terms one was it was the um, wd forty for uh, all the other programming um, it just made everything smooth 
And the other person said it was the tailwind. Um, so I like both of those descriptions. So it, 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 it left me uh, thrilled that this is going to keep going and have a life of its own. Oh, Helping so, a lot of kids. Yeah, absolutely. So I've heard it was the best CTI ever. <laughs> well, it seems like it always is. And that's become an interesting theme. And, you know, we keep trying to um, build that. That's, that's a very conscious effort. But I think one nice thing about people who do this work at every level is we keep doing the work on ourselves. And uh, there is some self-propelling uh, tailwind for us all. And uh, we do seem to keep um, growing the greatness of what we bring to the table for, for uh, new people studying this. The caliber of those people were remarkable. I love it. And isn't it so true that we just keep growing our own greatness and doing the work on ourselves to help propel um, others' greatness. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Great. Well, thank you for sharing about the New Jersey experience. Um, since we do have listeners who are new to Nurture and Heart, do you want to go ahead and give them a quick 30 seconds or less, maybe, huh. thumbnail okay. of what Heart is? Yeah. Um the uh, uh, I want to thank all new and returning listeners and uh, and uh, appreciate you for your the kindness of your interest and the um, it reflects to me reveals to me that you love children and you want to know more and it shows your um, y- your love of this endeavor of uh, serving the world through our work with children and so I just in essence did the nurtured heart approach it's it's about profoundly nourishing uh, people perhaps at a soul level and and there's more to it there is 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 so we are energizing that to the highest level but we're also choosing not to energize um, negativity and we're and when negativity happens we have a very clear response to that so um, so hopefully I just kind of put you in the middle of a thumbnail of Nurtured Heart Approach. Hopefully that was 28 seconds. I think you did it. And I look forward to um, every podcast hearing the way you give your 30-second thumbnail of what Nurtured Heart is because it changes and transforms every time. And it's exciting and inspiring and more inspiring and more inspiring at, at each podcast. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you, Stephanie. All righty. I think it is about that time to introduce the guest speakers for the uh, very exciting topic of Nurtured Heart Approach with Transition Age, Youth, and Homelessness. We have three lovely guest speakers today, and I want to be sure that we, that we honor their expertise and their knowledge by giving them enough space on this podcast. So I'm going to go ahead and jump right on in. And our first guest speaker today is Nicole Siemens. Nicole has been an NHA advanced trainer since 2011. She is a mother of two incredibly joyous children and a former program director of 12 years working with transition age homeless youth. 
She is currently working as the Event Assistant for Children's Success Foundation, in addition to working as an NHA coach and trainer, passionately spreading the Nurtured Heart approach to parents, teachers, and mental health professionals. Welcome, Nicole. We're so happy to have your expertise on the podcast today. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Yes, you're welcome. Okay, so our second guest speaker is Sarah Scutt. Sarah is the first in, is, excuse me, Sarah is first and foremost an involved and dedicated mother to two sensitive, caring, and vibrant children. She currently works as the homeless management information system administrator for the Housing and Homeless Coalition of Central New York, which acts as HUD continuum of care for Oswego, Cayuga, and Onondaga counties. Prior to her current position, she was a case manage- management supervisor of Runaway and Homeless Youth Case Management Services, which served youth 16 to 24 who were homeless or housing vulnerable in Onondaga County. The program staff were trained in the Nurtured Heart approach and used this approach to engage and empower the youth they served in hopes of helping them obtain and maintain housing. They did, they did so through focusing more on seeking out and assisting them in seeing the greatness in each and every moment and the successes they have in life, regardless of how small the world may view them. Welcome, Sarah. We're happy to have you here with us today, and we're excited to learn more about your experiences working with this community. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here as well. Yes. And our third guest speaker is Sane. Quinn is a transitional living pro. Excuse me, a transitional living program manager at New Day Youth and Family Services, a nonprofit profit agency that aids young people ages 17 to 22 that are experiencing homelessness have a lack of support, and minimal protective factors in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Quinn utilizes NHA in her supervision with staff as well as with the young people in care. Quinn sees the depth of importance in using NHA with the populations she serves as she and her team work with some of the most dense and disenfranchised young people who have only gained relationship and recognition through negativity. Quinn pairs NHA with young people experiencing homelessness to relentlessly build inner wealth so that they are able to recognize their greatness and strength onto a rich path of independence. Welcome, Quinn. We're so glad you're joining us today. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Yay. Okay, so I know that this topic is near and dear to many people's hearts and that our Nurtured Heart community is excited to learn more about using NHA with this population as our youth are the future. So let's go ahead and start this discussion about NHA with transition age youth and homelessness. Cole, Sarah, and Quinn, could you guys each tell us a little bit about how you have infused NHA into your work with this population? Uh, yeah. Sure. So, yeah. Go, 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 ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, well, when I did work um, at the Salvation Army, I think the, I originally got involved with the Nursing Heart Approach. I'll back up a little bit for my son, who was really struggling in his, you know, in his daycare and in his preschool, and I really wanted to see him be successful. Um, so Nicole Simmons, who is one of my good friends, introduced me to the Nursing Heart Approach um, when I worked for her, and I got involved in that way, and I really fell in love with the approach. I used it in my house with both of my children um, and with family members and friends, you know, focusing on the positive and really bringing that out in every single second of every day really helped me transform my life. And so since it transformed my life, I wanted to bring it to 
the youth that I worked with at the Salvation Army, and I really wanted, you know, I really needed to start with the staff first. I think it's super important for your team to all be on the same page, and so getting them trained in the approach, using it in supervision, you know, every time we had interactions, and really feeding it from the top and down into our clients. Um, I think that the youth population, the transition issues population, is so so delicate um, in all of the negativity that surrounds them in life. In general, being a teenager and going through that learning process about who you are and, and discovering who you are, but also harnessing that inner greatness that they had. So part of you know what I really wanted to focus on is, is the small successes, you know, the little tiny successes, even in what, you know, the world sees as a failure. You know, okay, you didn't mm-hmm. get an A on a test. However, you know, you did, you did sit through the whole test and you did focus on, um, you were able to focus for a period of time and, 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 you know, you were brave and courageous to even attempt it, you know, focusing on those little pieces of what made that, just that attempt um, a success in, in who they were and the little and the little things. So, I mean, that's that's really what I tried to bring. I think we saw a lot of successes with the youth that we worked with, um, and them just learning more about themselves and really having a different view on their situation, regardless of where they were at. Um, so, and then I'll hand it over to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and so similar to your experience um i did not start with you know nha with my children i don't have children however um working with young people here at new day it was kind of brought to my attention because my supervisor is an advanced trainer as well and it was very subtle the ways because when she came on into the agency you know change hap- can't happen in in big doses so i was being exposed to it in little covert ways and I wasn't really aware of it because it was actually my natural way of seeing and and being present and witnessing young people. Um, and so from there, we began to really implement it into all of our programs. It's really, it's really in our youth shelter. We also serve young people 11 to 17. We do have a, a, sh- a youth shelter where young people can go um, to seek safety. Uh, and I work with the transition age youth, 17 to 21. And so for me it was really also starting first with supervision and really getting mm. my team to see these things this way because what we're talking about here is a paradigm shift, you know, especially in this work. it's We're just kind of waiting to put out fires a lot and, and making sure, just like staying out of crisis, really. But I feel like... The moment that that paradigm shifts and you're able to actually focus on what is working and get clear around the limits, et cetera, that's when it seems like almost there are less fires and, you know, people are actually rising to the occasion because they know that they can. So with the with the supervision starting that way and then it, the trickle down of them working with young people that way and, we, you know, this agency that I work for, New Day, we are very much going to think about what's working, going to call out relentlessly the things that are working for young people and their greatness, whether, no matter what the size. And I really just see that 
sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, sometimes they're really skeptical at first, but the, the you just have to stay persistent, and eventually that that skepticism melts away into the true belief that they are because they always have been. Mm-hmm. I love how, how you beautiful. said that, Quinn. Yeah, I I love how you said that, and I think we know well enough um, in our work with transition age youth that they come to us with so so much baggage and so much hurt and so much pain and a lot of times abandonment. And so, you know, I feel like when we use nurtured heart with this population, it's really, really, really a steadfast effort to help them remember who they really are. Um, And I agree with you, Quinn. I have certainly worked with plenty of young folks that look at me like I'm cuckoo. You know, when I when I start (laughs) telling them how amazing they are, they they've never heard somebody talk to them like that. So I love that the different strategies of Nurtured Heart allows us to um, accuse them of their greatness, to use Howie's word, Um, accuse them with evidence. So it's not just you're awesome, you rock you're the best thing ever because they don't believe that, you know, ever. Um, But it's about, you know, look at you being respectful. And the reason I say that is because you walked in, you saw me talking with, with somebody else and you gracefully, you know, bowed out and waited until I was finished. That's being respectful. And you kind of keep, you know, playing that game until they can see it for themselves. And it's, um, and it's definitely all about those little successes that we too often take for granted, but they're there every single day. Mm -hmm. They are there. They are. They are. And then when I feel like when they can really truly start seeing the little things too, right? Because I think a lot of times, especially with systems involved young people, it's always about the big gigantic things that whether they throw them off track or keep them on track, that's, they're just their vision is trained to see those things, and so when you break it down into the little, the little pieces of growth that are happening daily by the minute, then it it makes it feel I think sometimes less overwhelming. They're able to bite off life in smaller pieces, so they're not completely like derailed by it. And I think that that has a lot of power. Absolutely, I yeah. think our our cherubs as I like to call mine anyways, um, I think they get so overwhelmed with these these goals that are huge and admirable, but huge and overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I love what you just said about breaking it down into little bits and pieces of growth because that is what I think ultimately gets them where they want to go versus them just having this big goal in their head and having no idea how to get there or what skills they even have that would help them get there. Right. Right. It's 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 kind of uh, what I'm feeling is, you know, like if somebody were to walk up to a kid and say, "Come on, shape up, just get it together," and exactly, they have no idea. And and these kids are at such a vulnerable point in their life where they could go, you know, so easily go down the tubes in so many ways. And and the service you um, you're providing that I hear in your um, deep, reverent caring of these kids. You, you're, you're, um, I, I get that so many of these kids are going to, you know, come out of whatever tailspin there are into seeing how they could be contributing citizens, support other people. I wouldn't be surprised if many of them 
come to show you how they are um, collaborative with the other kids. I hope you can follow stories of these kids as they come out of it. Yeah, you know, and sometimes, so here's the thing you said, uh, what did you just say? Something about how they could completely You're go off track. You're asking the wrong person. I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> well, uh, what I was going to comment was, you know, sometimes the young people in my program especially, they things happen and maybe it's just not the right fit or the right time and we, ha- we have to ask them to leave. Um, but that doesn't change the approach that we took to get there. And so it's the persistence and the continuing to show up that really leaves an impact, I feel, and continuing to see their greatness even in their dark times because mm-hmm. you sometimes you still need dark to show the light, right? And mm-hmm. so when, when if a young person relapses or if a young person just isn't ready and they, and they do leave, what we've been seeing in our program is they come back. Mm-hmm. I can't – I don't really know, like, how many – programs like this have young people returning and saying things like, you know, I've never seen support like that or you guys really care or things like that, even if they ended on a not-so-great note. We want to keep that door Mm -hmm. open. We want to let them know that, hey, it's just not the right time. It doesn't mean you're bad. It just means that timing isn't working out. And so when they come back, that really speaks volumes to me that there's something that's thinking in there's something about like for what we do here we really focus a lot on uh, emotional wellness and i feel like the nha really works for the young person that is in these scenarios right it just does it really can land because sometimes you know they don't want they don't want to take they don't want to be in therapy they don't want to go those routes because they've been forced for so long so it's our little little moments of having these conversations where we can pounce and really see them for how they want to be seen and what they're like screaming maybe from silence of who they want to be, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's, it puts, it puts the onus on us as the adults to really bring that out and take some of the pressure off of them. Yeah. I call it planting the seeds. Mm-hmm. You plant the seeds. They used to, when I talked to my staff and they would get so down about this young person, you know, they just, making these bad choices and they continue to fall into the same behavior of making these, you know, bad choices and what can we do and how can we do it? And I said, listen, you're already doing it. Even though you don't feel like nothing's happening, it's just sometimes all about planting those seeds, planting those little thoughts inside of them. And then I say, and then they go out to the world and then they make these bad choices and I call it the fertilizer of life and they (laughs) fertilize them. And then when they come back, we can shower them with greatness and hopefully something grows that's beautiful and, um, you know, and just transforms them in a way. And sometimes you just need a little extra fertilizer to get to that growth. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. You like that, I love Holly? it. <laughs> so, I, I love mean, it. <laughs> and I just, and hopefully you see the bloom and hopefully, hopefully we're still around in this young person's life to see that bloom. A lot of times we're not. You know, and a lot mm-hmm. of times it comes and it takes years for them to come back. And I know we've all seen this where, you know, they'll come back and they'll be like, look what your seeds did. You know, look at look at all of, you know, the fertilizer of life and, and you're showering you with your, you know, positive thoughts and, and positive attitude and love and care and concern and what, you know, what this produced. So 
It, it, that that is what's the fuel behind the work. Do you it's see some kids do, just? So. Do you see some kids just bloom in front of your eyes? Yes. Like uh, who take care? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I had a young man a few years ago, who um, when he got angry, kind of puffed his chest and was you know got in, like in this posturing mode. His face would get red and you know, the, the propensity for violence was right there in our face. And one day he, um, I told him something he didn't like to hear. And the program director, that seemed to be um, my role with everybody is telling them things they didn't like to hear. Um, and he got really angry. And, you know, those classic signs um, were evident. His face got red, his chest got big. Um, and so this is the first time I ever used a reset in my program. And I was petrified. But I said, you know what, um, I need you to reset because he started yelling and cussing. And, and this was a kid who loved to have the last word. Um, so he looked at me and he didn't utter a word. He walked away, went upstairs to his apartment and came back 10 minutes later and sat at our dining room table. And I was puzzled. I wasn't quite sure how this whole reset thing worked yet. So I walked over to him and I said, um, would you like to talk now? And he very calmly said, yes, I would. And we had a conversation and worked through the trouble he was having, but that was like huge for this young man who, you know, historically, you know, 30 seconds prior, his way of operating was to scream and cuss and, you know, show his physical being in a menacing way. And just using the reset helped him, get himself back on track in record time. It was really amazing. Mm. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of young people grow into themselves. Like you can't, you know, in working in, in nonprofits, you have to do a lot of like outcome measurements, et cetera, et cetera. But you mm-hmm. can't really put a measurement on a person who stands taller a person who can look you in the eye after they couldn't, a person who can smile about something or laugh about something. Like you can't put measurements on those things, and you just see them happen over time, and they're so rewarding. And, you know, I, I don't believe that it's, like, my team or myself that are doing that. It's like a, it's just they, these things are already in them. We're just calling them out, you know, Um and so I, I feel like I've done this a lot with young people in text messages because they communicate a lot through text with us. And sometimes a face-to-face is really, like, stressful for them, you know, whether they're, what, no matter what they're struggling with, it could be hard. Um, so I've definitely, like, really gone in and done some very detailed texting. <laughs> and you can just tell how they, like, can't have that to look back on and to read it again and to just mm. be like, whoa, that's a thing, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how some people can just grow simply just from hearing those things. And sometimes it takes, you know, it's different for everybody. It takes, like, sometimes it takes people a week. Sometimes it takes people, like, nine months. <laughs> it really is dependent on the person and what they're going through and what their trust level is and, how, you know, how skeptical they are. But I feel like no matter what, if you're – truly engage with a nurtured heart with young people that are like struggling this way, it will make an impact and you will see things change, especially how they view themselves. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I, uh, I'm, I know we. I would love to hear from Nicole and Stephanie, and I, I could put out one last question, and if it doesn't does it doesn't get answered, and then I will be quiet the remainder of the time. But I'm just curious if you're ever able to affect in this transition um, other important agents of change like families and schools and that such thing. Ask that same question, Howie. Oh, well, there you go. Look at that. Great minds think alike. Um, Nicole, do you want to go with that? Yeah, I would say um, absolutely. Um, So we don't, when the uh, young people that we worked with, unfortunately, were very disconnected from their families, almost all of them. It was very rare when we were able to know what family was in their life and actually have a connection with them. Um, but one young man in particular that I remember for a few, from a few years back, he was a tough, tough kiddo um, who just presented with an enormous amount of challenging behaviors. And we connected with his mom who became a, totally sold on nurtured heart and, but not at first because she had had some really rough years with this kiddo. Um, you know, he'd break into her house. He would steal money from her house. I mean, just a lot of really challenge, you know, behaviors that would be difficult for any parent to have to deal with. So she wasn't sold at first, but I was really determined um, to, to teach her what I could about nurtured heart. And by the end, she was completely sold on it and so grateful um, for the way we helped, you know, her kiddo. And mind you, he, he's one of those kiddos, like Quinn described, they don't all, um, they don't all leave the program successfully having completed it. He, he was asked to leave um, because the, the behaviors got to be too intense. And his mother was still reaching out to me probably two years later. Still so grateful for um, the way that we approached her son and still so grateful for learning what she learned about Nurtured Heart. Um, And I don't doubt that that made a difference in her ability to make her interactions with her son more positive than they had been. Um, And then as far as affecting other agencies, absolutely positively. Anytime an agency... Uh, representative would come into our program for a meeting, for a tour, whatever. Um, my staff and I were pretty great at just being the approach. Um, mm-hmm. So, and they could see that and they could sense that. I can't tell you how many times um, people would tell us later, wow, we can feel the energy in this building and it is amazing. Yeah. And you guys are so positive. And I mean, they, it's just, you all know, I mean, the energy is real. Yeah. And when, when somebody gets in the presence of nurtured heart it's so obviously there that you know um yeah absolutely i had many many agency people just in awe of whatever this thing was that we were doing because they could see um they could just see what an uplifting motivating um warm and positive environment it it is it was does that answer your question howie Oh, beautifully. I'm in awe. I am. I feel so blessed to be able to hear this, and especially with such a a vitally crucial um, group of of uh, people on this planet. And I love Nicole how how you mentioned 
that you, your agency, your, you guys would just be the approach that modeled the approach for everyone, um, because that is truly the best way to bring people on board is to just show them this is how we are, this is who we are, this is how we are with everybody in the world, and I love that. I just love that. Um, hey. Sarah, is there, I would love to share, leave some space open for Sarah if you want to share how um, anything about how it's how it was for, is for for you in terms of reaching out to other agencies or families of of the people the kids you work with. Um, and very much like Nicole, um, a lot of these young you know individuals, these young beautiful people, had no family or very little family or. Um, you know, the families that they did have, it was, you know, they were very strange and it was such a negative situation. They were leaving, taught, you know, and it was very much being the approach to go and, and meeting with this young person, and, you know, and, and their parents, you know, and sitting down with them and, and having conversations, but at the same time just refocusing, uh, you know, on the positive side of what's happening and, and even resetting the parents sometimes when they go into their you know, negative rants and keeping them on topic about what we, we wanted to discuss and work through. And I've, I've seen some great things happen um, with parents and, and build rebuilding, slowly rebuilding those relationships. And uh, I, I've even used it sometimes in therapy sessions when I would go with clients to a therapist session. And, um, you know, the youth would say something and the therapist would jump on it. It was one young lady in particular we, you know, I worked with for years. She was often in and out of inpatient, in and out of inpatient, in and out of inpatient, you know, because she was expressing herself and she was trying to express herself and her emotions and what would come out was, I wish I was dead. And, mm-hmm. you know, the therapist would think of that as a suicidal ideation and next thing you know, she would be inpatient. So, I, you know, I reached out to this therapist in particular and I sat down with her and I talked to her about her fears and um, and, and talked to her about the approach and, and really saw this is an opportunity to kind of be that, um, you know, that middle person of talking about this young lady and her greatness and what she was really trying to do was work through her fears of expressing her emotions and feeling safe. And um, and we were able to kind of mediate uh, in between that. So she wasn't end up going back in and out of inpatient and in and out of inpatient, focusing more on not the negative thing of what she was actually saying, focus on more of, trying to express her emotions. She's really trying to reach out to you and build a relationship on a professional level and um, and continue to rebuild that trust and, and, and redirect it in a different way. I think with the medical mental health model, sometimes you get the, you know, the clinicians get so focused on that and not on the person who they are and trying to bring that back into the forefront. And this is a young person and we really need to work on focusing on the beautiful beautiful soul that's here that we help have to help rebuild and put together and um, you know, I've seen great things happen with therapists specifically. Wow, how great is that that simply by focusing on her greatness and all the things that are that make up who she is, all the great up who she is, simply by doing that we're able yeah. to help this child Go from being this inpatient for however long she was to getting yeah. out of that and being able to see greatness as opposed yeah. to focus on that one horribly negative, while it is a horribly negative thing, the statement she was making. 
it, you were able to not focus on that, and she was able to transform and change. I mean, it's just beautiful and, per- yeah. and amazing. And really yeah, find by her reset- words. Find her own words. I was going to say by resetting her framework, um, um, it's so beautifully. What a great! It is truly a reset. Uh, the it's what jumped out to me was um, just like Stephanie saying is in, is that you you change it from the medical model to the medicinal model. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, um, it really it, there's you know words can be medicine, and our our mm-hmm. energy, our attitude can be medicinal. And um, you know I'm hearing that so loud and clear. In, in that beautiful story. Yeah. Often our words are a mechanism to our emotions, and it's really our emotions we're trying to express, not just the words. So. I'd love to and too to often that in our real possible. world... Uh, I'm sorry, Quinn? I was saying I would like to respond to that question if possible. First? Yeah. Um, just in terms of, much like Nicole, a lot of our young people don't aren't very connected to their families either. If they want to get connected with their families, we do help facilitate that, and we do help them, um, you know, get to a more positive place with that. However, sometimes that's not, that doesn't work, because <laughs> sometimes it's just difficult, I'll say that. But where we do really see uh, some of the impact happening, I think, uh, because I think my agency is really good at being the approach. I think most people that work here love their jobs. We really love working here. We have a fantastic work culture set up that's really grounded in Nurtured Heart, which is very exciting. But we really um, nurture the hearts of protective service Mm. and juvenile justice system. It's actually my favorite thing to nurture JPO's hearts. I love it Um, because so many of them are like punitive based and they're looking Mm -hmm. at all of these things so if I'm in a meeting with a with a young person in their JPO and their JPO is going down a list of here's all the infractions and I look to the young person I say here's your absolute clarity look these are all the things you did now you know the decisions not to make next Uh, but I don't want to make these have these big parties about it you know and sometimes Sometimes the JPOs and the the CYFD, I'm sorry, the Protective Service staff members, they can jump on the boat and they're like, all right, okay, this is this is good. Sometimes it's resistant, but mm-hmm. the fact that New Day as a whole is relentless about that, whether we're getting a phone call from someone from PS that's very agitated, we will nurture them through that, you know, or a JPO will try and remind them of all the good things that are working with their young person too, because it's, we're not about you know, having a person go back to jail or be have do a commitment, et cetera, et cetera. Like we want to see them succeed too. And sometimes just hearing since, you know, the age of 12 to the age of like 17, all of the things that you've done that are not so great can wear on you. So if you take it uh, as an opportunity to really hold that up, like the things, the ways in which we see them succeed and it really does kind of change a tune. It does. We bring Nurtured Heart to wraparound services. That's also a, a new thing, too. You know, it's it's just really uh, a good way to communicate through systems because mm-hmm. I feel like the more that we do this, it's it's what we're talking about is systems change. Mm-hmm. And if these systems are you seeing, can adopt are you a Quinn? 
Uh, you actually, uh, it's, uh, forgive me if I missed this, but you're actually making it a pivotal point in your interaction to appreciate all the people on those teams and, for instance, wrap around juvenile justice, yes. child protective services. And you're seeing that that influences the way they then sometimes move forward. Yes, I mean, for sure with us. I mean, sometimes they, you know, their hands are tied in certain ways because bureaucracies. But um, for the most part, I see, I see it really shifting the way conversations go, the way dynamics function. Um, and I think it's a really beautiful thing that happens because we definitely use Nurtured Heart Approach as the way. It's, you know, it's, it's the way that we can get into some of these other places. Is that mm. uh, I just love the power behind the systems change that you are creating by way of using Nurtured Heart Approach or being Nurtured Heart Approach with all of those different systems um, that work with our kids, with our youth. Mm-hmm. So it is about that time for us to wrap up today's amazing discussion. Um, I always dislike this moment because I don't want it to end. Um, However, we do have to wrap it up, and I have just a few quick announcements to make, and then I would love to hear some parting words from the three of you, Nicole, Sarah, and Quinn. So I'd like to invite our listeners to join us for future Nurtured Heart Approach podcasts, either by following us at Blog Talk Radio or at childrensuccessfoundation.com forward slash NHA hyphen podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter or Facebook by clicking the icon. Also, registration for the Tucson 2017 Certified Training Intensive, or CTI, is now open, and the early bird discount ends on November 30th, so we have just a few more days left for the early bird discount. The Tucson CTI is generally the most highly attended CTI each year, and attendees get to see um, get to be the first to see the latest and greatest of the Nurtured Heart Approach. It's the birthplace of NHA, and it is pretty much a do-not-miss certification training. To register for this CTI, go to childrensuccessfoundation.com under the training tab. You can also register for the Three Stands e-course, which is also on the website childrensuccessfoundation.com. This is a free e-course that is delivered, delivered directly to your email inbox. The emails are spaced out about three days apart to allow for application and reflection before the next one arrives. All NHA podcasts are recorded and archived for on-demand listening pleasure. Feel free to share the link to our channel here at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Nurtured Heart Approach. So, back to Nicole, Sarah, and Quinn. Do any of you guys have any last parting words of wisdom to leave our listeners with before we wrap up today's conversation? Um, Just to, I want to thank Hallie and Nicole for bringing this version to my life and how much it's really changed it for mm. the better in every way. Um, and I, you know, to the listeners, I just keep planting those seeds and just mm-hmm. keep watching them grow and in amazement of every little step that they take, every little step that those young people take. Um, and, and kudos to you for continuing to help them grow and become the wonderful people that they will be. And that they and continue to nurture the wonderful people they are. So, mm. 
Um, for anybody working with transition age youth, it's a tough population and anybody listening knows that don't give up because every time you nurture these young hearts, whether you see it or not, you are making a difference. So don't give up and don't doubt for one second that you aren't helping them, um, come into their own and be those incredible people that we already know they are. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm with you, you on that. It can be done. It can be done. We choose what we see in every moment. And if we choose to see the things that are working, um, it, it can make it can make an impact. And it really, this work, this nurtured heart approach, it does completely nourish your soul of the person that you are doing it with and yourself i mean it has changed me as a human being and i am so thankful and grateful for that so thank you for the that howie and also to be invited to do this today i appreciate that but you know it 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 can it changes you and you'll be doing it to the starbucks barista before you know it (laughs) absolutely (laughs) isn't that true (laughs) Mm. Well, I, um, I, I'd i love to hear Stephanie's wrap-up. I'm going to wrap up by saying I am so honored by hearing your brilliance. The, you know, Quinn, Sarah, Nicole, I, I'm, I'm so appreciative that you're touching the hearts of these particular people in Tucson. Um transitional youth are so evident probably because it's a warm place in the winter and um, and you know some kids aren't in programs and you know you see them on the street and um, and you see um, also along with that uh, many who haven't had exposure to hearing about who they really are as great people you see older versions who who are uh, not receiving services of this kind. And so um, I just know you're not only making a dent um, in this most needy and deserving population, but you're changing the world. So I thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, Well, I just have one last thing to say, which is, um, you know, as, as I think all three of you guys mentioned, don't, don't give up on, on this, um, on this particular population, these transitional youth, um, the best way to reach them, as I think Quinn, I think it was Quinn who said this earlier in the conversation, that our persistence through our persistence and continuing to show up for them and showing them that you still need the dark to see the light in their lives mm-hmm. is absolutely going to be, as Howie would call it, jet fuel to propel them into their success in their futures. And thank you each, all all three of you, and Howie. It was a great conversation, and it mm-hmm. never fails to inspire me to grow um, even to greater greater lengths in, within myself um, with my use of nurtured heart and my my modeling of nurtured heart in every at category of my own life. So thank you each for helping to inspire me just a little bit more. And uh, have a great day, and we'll see you guys at the next podcast. Hmm.
Sounds good. See you good. then, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank Bye, you everybody. so much. Bye. Bye. Any stories shared in this broadcast are amalgams of experiences based on the use of the Nurtured Heart Approach by our hosts and our guests and are not based on any particular person, child, or adult. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can seem intense. Like, breakup R&B intense. I thought you said you loved the sweater that I got you. If you didn't, you could have told me. Geico makes it easy. Just go to Geico.com anytime to update or check your policy. Without all the extra drama. I even had a gift When you have car trouble, friends and family are always there. AAA won't replace them, but it can help you help them. With road service in any car, even if you're a passenger. Join today and get a free Utes or Coogs roadside flashlight. Just tap the banner to sign up for AAA membership. Offer good through December 31st, 2016. One flashlight per household while supplies last. Certain restrictions apply. 